0: please lord what a privilege it is on this the fourth sunday of advent with all the activity and preparing we have for christmas eve and christmas day that we can step back and just bask in the glory of your word and the rich theology of the carols reminding us of your great love for us And I pray as we look one last time this Advent season at the book of Isaiah that you would think our thoughts, that my words would be yours, that you would truly bend our wills to your own and set every single one of our hearts on fire with love for you and for your Son, Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray, amen. Amen. (laughs) To think of God as Emmanuel. God with us. What's going on in Isaiah chapter 7 is King Ahaz has already made a deal with Assyria for protection. He's going to pay them tribute to come fight against King Pekah and Rezin, Israel and Syria. Don't confuse Syria with Assyria. And so he's brokering a deal that you come help me I'll pay you tribute to keep these guys off my back and Isaiah the Lord through Isaiah says ask me anything ask trust me the Lord to provide for you not Assyria he doesn't say that right there but you know that's what's going on and Ahaz couches it in religious language and says oh no I won't ask anything I will not put the Lord to the test And the Lord, through Isaiah, gives him one of the most beautiful scriptures of all scripture. I'm going to give you a sign whether you like it or not. A virgin will conceive. And his name shall be called Emmanuel. God with us. What does that mean? Spoken 700 years before Jesus came and by the way within a generation there were no longer a nation of Israel and there was no longer a nation of Syria and that prophecy became fulfilled that's what you see in Isaiah multiple fulfillments going on but all the God's people knew that one day Messiah would come through a virgin God with us well why does this matter You see, there's a difference between a general experience of God and really experiencing God. I can experience God standing on a beach, seeing the waves come in, just the beauty of that moment down in South Carolina. I can see the beauty of God and experience God watching the sun set over Lake Erie in August. I can see the beauty of God standing on old Rag Mountain in the Shenandoah National Park, watching the hawks and the eagles fly over. But what this text is telling you and I, that's a general revelation. That is to experience God, because that's why people say it all the time. I can experience God out on the lake, fishing. Yeah, you can. But it pales in comparison to experiencing God in a personal relationship through Emmanuel. And there's four reasons why this matters for us. Number one, Emmanuel, God with us, means that we have clarity of God's existence. Have you ever wondered, does God exist? Have you ever thought, is there a God? God's God at all? What is God like? Well, left to ourselves, your guess is as good as mine. We really can't know. But we haven't been left to ourselves. That's what this is about. Matthew, recording Jesus' birth, records that the angel says, Mary, what is conceived in you is from the Holy Spirit. That what is in Mary's womb is God. And he grew up to prove what he said and all that he did, but that he really is God with us. And therefore, the guessing games can stop. The only person, after all, who can give us clarity in existence about the existence and character of God is God. And God proved his existence by appearing on the pages of human history in Jesus Christ. He came to a world of guessers and said, here I am. Now, if God hadn't revealed himself, to claim we couldn't be clear about him would be humble. But since God has revealed himself, to claim we can't be clear about him is arrogant. Emmanuel gives us clarity about the existence of God And the big questions of life. Secondly, Emmanuel gives us meaning about that we can know that there is eternity. There is more to life than simply what we see or observe. There's more to life than just this life that I live. Have you ever wondered what lies beyond this life? Have you ever thought there's got to be something more than this? Have you ever grasped what everybody would say would make you happy, and then when you grasped it, that happiness faded? Existentialist philosopher of the 20th century, Jean-Paul Sartre, said, there comes a time when one asks, even of Shakespeare and Beethoven, is that all you got? Is that all there is? God with us says, yeah, there is so much more to this life then we can see and observe. You were made for eternity. And eternity is where you will find all the satisfaction that's eluding you right now. C.S. Lewis says, Creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for those desires exists. A baby feels hunger, there's such a thing as food. A baby duck wants to swim, there's such a thing as water. A man wants sex, and there's such a thing as sex. Yet, I, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in the world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. We were created for eternity. We were created to last forever. Third Emmanuel means that we have dignity. Who are you? Are you nothing more than the sum of your atoms? Which have gathered for a blink in the arena of time, which will one day be extinguished? Put more bluntly, are you a meaningless speck, no more or less important than any other speck? Are you anything more than your contribution to society? or your usefulness to the present economy, Emmanuel says, yes, you are valuable. Because the creator God who came as Emmanuel, each one of us have intrinsic value, and nothing you can do, or nothing that can be done to you by others, will reduce or extinguish that value. You are precious. However you feel, whatever you do, however useful to society you are, nobody is a nobody to God. So we have dignity. Fourth, Emmanuel means that we are loved by God. My last semester at Ole Miss, I I wanted to get out of town quickly because I was transferring to George Mason, and uh, so I packed my Ford Escort where you couldn't even see out the back. I just figured I'd trust those side mirrors, you know. And I pulled up to the mathematics building, already checked out of my room, handed in my key, arrived for my nine a.m. Central Time test took my test, took me an hour, my final exam, Woo! hopped in my car and drove 19 hours straight, stopping for nothing but gasoline and a pit stop, eating a diet of beef jerky, whole wheat bread, sipping on water out of a gallon empty milk carton, And having coffee when I stopped for gas. All the way where I pulled into Fairfax, Virginia at 5 in the morning. Said hi to mom and my dad. Hopped in the shower and showed up with some flowers. Knocked on the first level bedroom of Kim Cordova. (laughs) And said, Merry Christmas. And she goes, what are you doing? What was my hurry? What did I want in all that effort to say to her? I love you. I care about you. I could have slept in and seen her later that next day, but it wouldn't have said as much as knocking on her window at 6.30 in the morning. I was giving myself away to her at some cost to myself. Oh, my friends, Emmanuel gave up far more than that. From the throne room of heaven to a feeding trough in Bethlehem. Why would he make that journey for you and me? Because he loves you and came so and cares about you. God could have sent a letter, but it wouldn't have said as much. And he came at a lot greater cost than I paid. He came and gave himself on a cross that says it all. God the Father could have given you anything. The gift he chose to give you and me is the gift that all of us need the most. It's the most precious gift that he has. Yet it's the gift that we all need the most. is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And in giving himself to us as we receive this gift, we get clarity. We get eternity. We get dignity. And we get amazing love. See, God doesn't give us a thing. He gives us himself in Jesus Christ at Christmas. So I want to encourage you. If you never truly have, would you open up that gift? And if you have opened up the gift, we tend to leak, we tend to botch it. Would you look at this amazing, awesome gift that He gives us? He's going to walk with us as He lives in and through us with purpose, with true freedom. In walking with him in assurance for our eternity. Because what many Americans do is they open up the Savior part of the gift, but not the Lord. No, we're called to not only believe in him, but submit to him. Because by submitting to him, that's the abundant life. That's the joy. That's where it's all found. I invite you this Christmas season as we wrap up Advent, to reopen and open the gift of the amazing grace of Jesus Christ again and again and again for the next 14 days. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you once again for reminding us through Isaiah that you would not leave us to ourselves, but that, Lord, A virgin will conceive and bear a son. And we're going to see this over this next 45 minutes to an hour. How you do it. It's beautiful. And we're grateful for the gift that is Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, we would grow in our awe of you. And we would magnify you in our lives. And recognize that you give us clarity. You give us eternity. You give us dignity because you love us so. Lord, help us to open it, to treasure it, and to bask in the glory that we are your children. In Jesus' name, amen.